This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouth of the South podcast right here on DirtySouthSoccer.com. Sam Franco, Payson Schwinn with you today. Eric not joining us. Eric has been all over the place, man. Dude was in Montana recently. Uh, just been out and about a lot. So we're, uh, as we yeah, said. He was doing the river runs through it tour, it looked like, out there in Montana. <laughs> that's what it looked like, yeah. But uh, uh, as, as we've said multiple times when recording these, you know, moving pieces lots of moving pieces we we are all adults with uh outside full-time jobs and things like that you know so it does make it a little hard at times to be somewhat consistent here particularly when this is a uh you know monetary free venture uh if you will um we are unpaid interns of the podcast world yeah compared to maybe some other uh, people that i guess you know quote unquote cover atlanta united um you know we're not being paid to do so so this is out of the goodness of our hearts. So glad we can uh, get together here uh, and talk some Atlanta United. Plenty to talk about uh, recently. Uh, the team has just sort of been, you know, all up and down uh, with their form, uh, playing very well in some matches and playing not very well in others. I mean, it's it's no secret that in MLS it's, you know, much easier to win at home than on the road. Pretty much how it is almost in every sport. But – Atlanta just having a lot of struggles uh, when they venture away from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into this uh, Brooks Lennon injury, uh, which is, man, just, just mm-hmm. another setback for Atlanta United. But we'll start talking about probably the biggest news that's hit MLS in, I guess, just in terms of like international gravitas, uh, if you will. Uh, the first thing that's hit in a while uh, that's this magnitude. Of course, we're talking about Gareth Bale as I try to hold back the tears uh, that he will not be joining Atlanta United. Uh, He will instead be joining LAFC, which is not a shock. I mean, look, the LA market, obviously a big one. We we tend to see a lot of these European stars that come over to MLS go to the bigger markets. You know, Bastian Schweinsteiger in Chicago is, is a prime example of that. Uh, Steven Gerrard, David Beckham, uh, Robbie Keane. Uh, the list goes on and on for the Galaxy. And now LAFC joining the fun and getting a, a European star. And this one's a little different to me because this doesn't feel like a European star that's like, you know, just like the other guy they just got, Giorgio Chiellini, who is clearly coming over here to take a retirement paycheck. I mean, that dude is, uh, what, like 38 years old now? Like just Yeah, he's ancient. I mean, uh yeah, I see him more, yeah, like you said, more of a retirement, whereas Gareth Bale still has plenty in the tank, I think. I mean, obviously, his time with Real Madrid was a disaster towards the end, but, you know, I but think that was, part of that, that was, was... like, not really him, you know? that I mean, no, I guess it was, was more of a little bit, because he liked to play a lot of golf, but I yeah, guess... Yeah, it was out- a clash of wills, and, and then he did things like play golf and kind of snooze on the on the bench. You know, I think it was just some personal stuff going on there but well for the sure he, i mean he's and between Wales him and, and the team you know there was just a whole yeah. bunch of like weird stuff going on there but you had you're about to get into some stuff when he plays for wales completely different player totally different and he's gonna bring some you know as long as he stays healthy he's gonna be an incredible player to watch in mls and i think 
He's he going to destroy a, back lines yeah. in MLS. I mean, t- and talk about LAFC. They not only signed Bale, but they've Chiellini, but then they re-signed Carlos Vela after all the hooing, you know, up and downs of that contract negotiation. He's mm-hmm. he's signed as a DP, and they got Bale on a TAM deal. Yeah, the bail coming on not a DP deal is pretty crazy. One of those that, you know, you look at and it definitely makes you scratch your head. But then you kind of dig under the surface and realize what this is. I mean, it's only like a one-year deal. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like there's a whole lot going on there uh, in terms of, I guess, playing for years in MLS. Although he still could. I mean, right now, Gareth Bale is singularly focused on one thing, the World Cup. And that's why, ultimately, I think this came together so quickly because the guy had to find somewhere to play. And not only somewhere he was going to play, but somewhere where he was going to be the guy. And and the reason is because when he plays for Wales, guess what he is? The guy. He's got to, I think, replicating this with LASC. Were there European teams he could have gone to? Probably. I mean, you know, there there probably was a, a whole host of English Premier League teams and, uh, you know, some other teams around Europe that would have loved to have had a, an only 32-year-old Gareth Bale. I mean, think about that. The guy still, as we've talked about, has a lot in the tank. And is it too far removed from a hat trick in a Champions League final? So let's, let, let's just, True. you know, call, call it what it is. The guy is still a very, very, very talented soccer player. And I think this is just the, the ideal fit. You know, he, again, he's coming to the place where he's going to be the guy that stirs the drink. Again, Carlos Vela there. But still, that's going to be Bale's team. It's, it's pretty clear, pretty obvious what's going to happen there. So I think this gives him probably, I'll say, probably the best ability to get ready for the World Cup in the same role that he's going to have for Wales that he's going to have for LAFC. The competition isn't going to be as good as what he would be playing, you know, other places. And that's, again, no knock on MLS. It's, it's more of a, hey, they got to catch up to the, you know, rest of the leagues around the world. Um, but... I think that you look at what, what's going to happen here and Gareth Bale coming in, I, I was, I think it was Roger Bennett or it might've just been the men in blazers, like main account that was tweeting like, you know, Gareth Bale certainly uh, has had the attitude problems, like all this stuff over screen and blah, blah, blah. And, and is he going to come in and try hard? I'm like, of course he is. He's getting ready for the world cup. I don't think he gives one crap about MLS or like any of that. He's coming to a place where he knows that he and, and probably feels that is the best environment for him to get ready for the World Cup. And you know what doesn't hurt? The fact that it's going to be pretty damn hot in Los Angeles when he's playing. And I know it's going to be cooler in, in Qatar in the, in the, or Qatar, however it's pronounced, uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the winter months. But that doesn't mean it's going to be cold. It might get kind of cool right. in the desert at night, but during the day, it's still going to be pretty damn hot. So I think Gareth Bale is, is using L.A. As, as, for a number of reasons. To, to, as, the reason, as, as the team, he's like, okay, this is where I can go and really feel like I can get myself best prepared to lead Wales into the World Cup for the first time in decades. So it's, it's very important for him. So I, I don't think that, you know, I, I looked at that Men in Blazers or, or Roger Bennett or wherever it exactly came from. I look at that and I'm just kind of like, that seems lazy to me. The same lazy like critiques that all the like Spanish media was giving him. And it's like, dude, y'all are making fun of him now. It's like, he, he's not getting selected for the squad. He's not playing. So like, if he's like sleeping on the bench or playing golf or whatever, I mean, it's because he's not playing games. So, you know, ultimately I, I think this is a great move for LAFC, particularly in the short term, because you're going to get, for the rest of the season, I would think about as good of a Gareth Bale as you could imagine. 
Yeah, and I mean, I, I assume he was – he kind of looked at his time at Spurs as a disappointment, and he's like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't go to Premier League. Maybe I should, like you said, just kind of get that uh, that taste for goal because he's going to score a lot of goals. He's going to have a lot of chances in MLS. Kind of get that uh, taste back as you approach – you know, the season in MLS is going to end November, the and then the World Cup's going to kick off right away, and he's going to—it's perfect timing for him. How long he stays in MLS, like you said, unclear. You know, if he still has the desire to play in MLS for a few years, he could, and I'm sure they're going to have to come to some uh, new agreement um, in terms of DP salary for that. But you know, and and not only that, but all these dudes love being in LA. They love being in American cities where they're not necessarily being written about in a negative way all the time, like he was in, in Madrid and England. Um, so I think he's just going to have a great time and he's going to dominate MLS for the time he's here. Do you remember the first moment where it really seemed like he jumped on the international stage? Like, whoa, damn, this dude is something. I, I think everybody's is probably the same, but I am curious to hear what your like answer to that would be. I mean, I'm think I always think back to that kind of long running, you know, tap. Uh, I, f- I forget who he was playing against, but you know, tap around the guy and just bursts of speed for about 75 yards to Champions League to game, right? Yeah. Yep. I know. And okay. Good. Score on it. We have score the same on his zone. And at yeah, that we have point, the same you're like, one. "Wow, this is a uh, British player who is has the speed and technical ability that we just never see off of that <laughs> out of that lonely island." But um. You know, I think that's kind of where he broke through. And, yeah. and, you know, obviously he's had his moments. He's had, you know, the bicycle kick for Real Madrid. He's Ooh. had his Champions League goals. He just has these bursts of insanity uh, that you rarely see from anyone besides Ronaldo, Messi, and others. I mean, he's up in that top tier in terms of his, you know, that level of play he can reach. When he consistency wants to. Consistency when he wants to. And his, obviously his consistency is off. I mean, when the Wales team puts out a flag that, you know, says – Wales golf, uh, <laughs> Real Madrid, or whatever the flag said in that order. I mean, that's kind of what it, where his mind has been during his time with Real. Yeah. And like you said, it wasn't necessarily all his fault. But now that he's focused probably solely on soccer for the next few months, watch out. It's a tough and a little media golf. market. Yeah, it's a tough media market there in Madrid uh, to play soccer. But uh, to further expand on what I was asking you there, you're absolutely right. It was a Champions League game. He did have that move where he just burst past the fullback, and you're like, holy crap. Mike Kahn was the fullback in question for Inter Milan. This was, uh, yeah, it was uh, Gareth Bale for Tottenham. They beat Inter Milan in that game. Uh, and I remember that being like, that was the first, like, I mean, I, I – it's funny. I knew about Gareth Bale earlier than a lot of people because on one of my old FIFA careers, like he was one of the players. He, this is when he was at Southampton, I guess. And he yeah. was one of the players that like my FIFA game was like, hey, you know, in my career mode, it's like, hey, you, sh- you should go after this guy. So I did. I and, and, and then I see him like, you know, get to Tottenham. I'm like, I know that guy. That's the scrub I signed for my uh, squad back in FIFA, like 05, something like that. Yeah. And so. I remember him getting, gosh, I mean, just getting pushed out of bounds. I mean, he lost five yards on that and he gained yeah. it up in about a millisecond. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and obviously he's had his injury problems. And so yeah. maybe he doesn't have that type of speed still, but his technical ability is, is unmatched in MLS probably. So uh, the, the guy's going to be electric. Yeah, that was also the end of my con, I feel like. Like, that was, like, basically the end of his career. Yeah, he was dead. No, but, I mean, essentially, that was, like, 
uh, my con being like unmasked or like exposed because I remember after that people were like, dude, is this guy any good anymore? And then like slowly his career like started to taper off. So yeah, I, I remember that like it was yesterday. So Gareth Bale going to be very exciting for LAFC. Uh, and, and, you know, we'll see what happens in the world cup. It's funny too, because he's coming to the United States to prepare to take on the United States at the world cup. So that's right. We're going to be, Rooting against him. Uh, I'm just saying, if Walker Zimmerman, when they play Nashville, if he wants to go in, studs up. Two foot, that guy. I'm just, I'm just. Easy kidding. red card for the country, man. Take yes. one for the for the for the nation. Uh, just kidding, by the way. Uh, Don't do we that. Would never wish that. Um, but this is an Atlanta United podcast, so we will get back uh, to what we talk about for the most part here on the Mouths of the South, and that is the Five Stripes. Uh, before we dig into kind of what's been going on with the team lately. Uh, the biggest piece of news, unfortunately, uh, that has come out recently is Brooks Lennon, six to eight weeks. He'll be out with a left knee injury. Just another one bites the dust, man. It is uh, really tough to, to watch this team and continue to see important pieces of this team, you know, go down. I mean, eventually you're going to be, you're going to be calling in, you know, more, you know, Atlanta United two guy. I'm not exactly sure what they can do like at this point for, for depth, but and maybe it's nothing, but it's, it's just incredible how this team has been stricken by the injury bug. And, you know, we've talked about it before and I think, you know, it, it's, it was obviously probably not in our best interests to play doctors here on this podcast <laughs> and act like we knew what we were talking about and be like, Oh yeah, the training staff needs to do this or whatever. And, you know, that is what it is. You know, we're, we're just guys with opinions, but it's, it's just, it's getting to the point where, it has to be something, right? Like you can't just keep having injuries like this over and over and over again. And you look at other teams that, you know, like every team has injuries in sports. You're going to have injuries, but the, the, the way Atlanta United has just been racking them up one after the other is, is something I, I don't think I've like really ever seen before. This is about as bad as I've ever seen. It's unbelievable. I mean, Brooks Lennon, I think we've blamed, at least I was like, yeah, maybe it's the turf. No, I mean, he gets, Heard in uh, on a grass pitch during warm-ups um, <laughs> away from Atlanta. Uh, and, you know, he was already, you know, we've got Ronald Hernandez already hurt, uh, another fullback hurt. And Brooks Lennon's hurt with an MCL out 68 weeks. And now you're to the point where you're bringing in Aiden McFadden from Atlanta 2, ATL UTD 2. And, you know, at least, uh, you know, on the bright side, at least we have some of these guys who we can call upon and put in a shift. Yeah, we're we're starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel. I mean, we're luckily we're bringing in uh, some reinforcements at center back and and goalkeeper. But I mean, I would love. I mean, you know, I think Sam Jones mentioned. Uh, you know, he's not sure if we've had the same starting lineup five times. Period. Yeah, that's a great point. And you know, you're you're not going to be able to build consistency as a team if you can't you know get the same guys on the field. I know some managers like the uh, the squad rotation I remember when uh, Rafa Benitez was manager at Liverpool he used to get banged on all the time because he never like started the same lineup back to back it's like you've got to build some sort of consistency he's like coach you got to know what your best lineup is you got to know that like especially in MLS because you know course. the yeah. with the yeah with the the way that the pay structure is your 11 are always you know it, there's a significant drop off at a certain point yeah, for sure. And when, no question. when you're losing a lot of those guys and you're kind of calling on people from the twos who are making, you know, not a lot of money uh, and they're very young and inexperienced, that's not good. And like you said, with consistency, like I, I don't like managers who are the tinker man, you know, no. I like 
because you got to get used to how your teammates operate. You got to get used to the system. And there's no way to do that and develop consistency when people are dropping like flies like this. You know what the Tinker Man tells me? Like, and, and if we call it that, yeah, like the Tinker Man type manager. That tells me that you don't or that you're not competent enough in the system that you've put in place to put it up against anyone. And I know that, you know, you have to tweak tactics from time to time based on what teams you play, but ultimately your team should have a philosophy and that philosophy should not be broken every single time you play another opponent. Like you should, you can't let the other, or the other team or your opponent dictate how you go about your business or else you're going to lose a lot of games because you're not going to get good at any one thing. So, right. And you may have a plan A or plan B. But if you have plan A through Z, uh, every other match, then that's an issue. And that's what kind of Pineda's been forced into, unfortunately. I mean, I think he's he's kind of kept the same, uh, you know, until these guys started dropping. He, he was, yeah. you know, <laughs> when they announced the lineup, I remember someone tweeted, oh, man, it's nice. You know, same lineup, kind of consistency. And then they had to put out a new updated lineup graphic because freaking Brooks Lennon's injured. And that whole point is moot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, and I think uh, I mean well, I think it's probably too like one of those things where you know oh, it, it always takes me back to the old line uh, from uh, I believe this was Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched mm-hmm. in the mouth. You know, <laughs> it's like, and that makes sense. Like you do have to tweak your plans from time to time and, and tweak your system. But no, ultimately, you have to have a philosophy as a team, and you have to be competent enough in that philosophy to not always tweak what you do you know you know what the ultimate example of this is it's uh the red bulls against atlanta in the playoffs you know going back uh, a few years ago uh chris armis blew it you know the chris armis blew it game they they completely changed their tactics based on who they were playing atlanta united and it completely backfired against them so that's just one of those things where you have to know what you want to do as a coach. But unfortunately for Atlanta United, the flip side of that is they haven't been able to really get consistent because they're not putting out the same lineup, like you said. I mean, you, you look at kind of some of the results over the past, uh, you know, month or two going back to May, and it's like it's just very inconsistent. And I think ultimately yeah. a big part of that inconsistency is because you've had inconsistency in the players that are available to you. So it's been tough, but but – you know, all, all of that negativity is, is, is fine, but you go back through these games and look at some of the positives. Well, first of all, <laughs> Luis Araujo is that dude. Uh, all right. The, the past, like, two Brazilian months. magician. Basically, oh. since returning from that injury that he suffered early in the season, he's been arguably, like, the best player in MLS. I mean, he's, he's certainly in that discussion. I mean, there's been a lot of good players in the league, no question, but – the way that he's playing and the way that he's impacted the Atlanta United's attack has been unbelievable. And that has certainly been bolstered by the fact that Joseph Martinez has come back and looked very good too. And so I think that, you know, Joseph coming back and really this Joseph in these past few games has probably looked as confident in himself as he's looked. And that's something yeah. we've talked about a lot on this podcast, like the, the injuries and maybe a little self-doubt, especially when you have a knee injury like that as a soccer player, probably the, the most difficult injury physically and mentally, you know, to, to, to get back from with all the cutting and everything. So Joseph has looked very good. Uh, Luis Araujo has looked phenomenal. And, you know, those are the two guys that have really been driving Atlanta United's attack for the better part of the last month, month and a half. I mean, you, you look at the – and I, I, throw, I throw out the Pachuca – or the match uh, – 
because that wasn't yeah. a match. Uh, so no, uh, but you know, I think it was a it was a we had hoped it was a confidence builder. But yeah, you're playing kind of Pachuca's second team in a in a made up exhibition. Um, but you know, I thought going to Inter Miami after that, you know, I I uh, they played so well against Inter Miami. So well, you know, obviously there was a red card, but still, I I thought as you mentioned, Araujo was was phenomenal, and Joseph, along with the confidence, and we've talked about this earlier in the season. He's really playing that uh, distributor well, especially with Araujo, who's, you know, he's playing uh, one-twos with him. He's, he's uh, playing a target man a little very well. And unfortunately, when you have a game like, uh, you know, the last one and, and where he doesn't get a lot of touches, that, that's where you kind of see the attack fall off. Because you need to get that Joseph, especially when he has this kind of confidence with distribution and finishing that he seems to have gotten back, you need to get him the ball somehow. And when he's not getting his touches, uh, Atlanta's not going to be successful. Um, you know, I think the, the Araujo goal was was incredible. It was a, a sweet counter. Um, and I would have loved to get out of that game with one point. But, um, you know, I, I think you're right to bring up those positives. Those are two definite bright spots. And yeah, Araujo's goal against Toronto was just disgusting. It was MLS goal of the week. It was stupid. <laughs> um, but – and the guy uh, – the guys, yeah, it's just – turned on the jets and brought a level of class that MLS rarely sees. And, uh, yeah, so I was, I was feeling good. And then, um, once again, you know, you just have some errors in the back, some poor defending and. But we've had this ad nauseum on this podcast, like all season, the attack has looked good. The attack has been fine. I think for the most part of the season, the defense, which is, you know, to be completely fair, been ravaged by injuries (laughs) has looked terrible. And, and unfortunately, they haven't been able to get any better. And, and you know what's not going to help that? Brooks Lennon going out. <laughs> you lose that. You lose a fullback. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. It is. Uh, it's rough you got Miles too. Robinson. You got, yeah, Brooks Lennon, uh, Ozzy Alonso. I mean, those, those guys in the lineup, I mean, they, they just put up a block to a lot of these goals that you wouldn't be worrying necessarily about the keeper issues as much, to be honest. Um, and a poor Rocco, he did get beat uh, – you know, front post, uh, no, sorry, New Year post. But that was a decent shot. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to fault him about 50% on that one. And then the second one, you know, I'm not going to fault him either. But I, I think the, uh, what's, what's this dude's name? Uh, Rubinho? Uh, oh, the, the guy that's growing up. Yeah. yeah, I think um, once he gets his paperwork in order, you know, I, I, I'm pretty confident he's going to come in and kind of lock that position down. But um, and I'll say this too. Hopefully I bring th- some. Yeah. I think go Rocco ahead, Rios ahead. Novo has been pretty good. Like, you know, since yeah. coming into goal, I would say this better than Shuttleworth. <laughs> like, better than Shuttleworth. And the dude, <laughs> you know, besides shot, the being able to stop a shot, unlike Shuttleworth, um, he plays well with his feet. You know, I was, it was funny. I was at the game uh, against Miami and I was like, damn, this Jorge Campos guy is ridiculous because he was coming out you know, a third, uh, 30 yards out to distribute. And he was like a, playing like a sweeper keeper. And I think that really helps the defense when you're trying to build out of the back. You have that outlet. Um, so, yeah, he brings a lot to the team in that respect, too. But Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think ultimately you've got, you know, even if, like, look, we knew Shuttleworth wasn't the best keeper in the world. That's not like a shock to anyone's system. But sometimes you just need something different. And I think, I think uh, Novo brings some things that Shuttleworth didn't really bring to the table. So, uh, overall, I think that has, has helped the team a little bit. And, uh, you know, the team, 
obviously realizing that, hey, attack is where we're going to make our money because we can't really defend. They extended Cisneros' loan to the end of the year. and He's been, you know, a, a pretty decent player uh, at times as well for Atlanta United. So I think the attack's going to be fine. The defense is going to be what it is. So you're, you're just going to have to outscore teams, I think, to get into the playoffs. And looking ahead at the schedule right now, you've got some – some tough matchups coming. You, it's, you a go tough, on, it's a I mean, tough couple of running the games. Well, I'll say this. You go on the road here on Thursday to take on the Red Bulls, and you're also going to be on the road on Sunday uh, taking on NYCFC. Uh, I, w- I would assume they just stay up there because uh, it's only like a few days uh, to separate uh, that Red Bulls yeah, I would match think so. from the NYCFC match. But then they come home for three straight. And that's going to be a pretty vital stretch there in July. On the 9th, they got Austin and FC at home. Then they've got uh, Real Salt Lake at home. And then they've got Orlando City at home. I would think that you at least would want to win two and draw one. Like, like the, 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 the least amount of points you would want there is seven. And that might be greedy sounding. But this team is just much better at home. And they need to take advantage of – you know, when they get these home games. So I think the month of July, which is, by the way, loaded with fixtures. I mean, you're going to start to see the fixture crunch here in July and August because they, you know, they had to move up the date of the end of the season because of the World Cup and everything. So, um, yeah, we're going to get our uh, our due of games once it starts uh, coming in. Fast. I mean, six games in July, six games in August. So I love it. I yeah. love it. <laughs> there's, there's a lot the, of Atlanta uh, United coming up. Yeah, I think that awesome game is important because I believe the stadium is going to be all the way open. They are. They're Austin's open a very quality. You know, it's a quality team. Um, so I'm, I'm, and we, I'm hopeful we'll have uh, the new guys in and maybe a little integrated. Um, I'm not. I, I just hope to get away with some any points on our road trip to New York. I think that's going to be tough. But uh, yeah, that string of games, Austin, Real, and ideally you, you destroy Orlando City as usual, but. Um, not as usual, but I just like to say that because I hate them still. <laughs> the uh, but yeah, that awesome game, man. I got that circled, and that's going to be a fun time at the Benz. Oh, for uh, sure. I mean, you know, go the, get your tickets, folks. Yeah, and we want that thing as full as we can possibly get it because that is going to be uh, a fun night uh, in Atlanta. You know, summertime soccer night kick Saturday, on a Saturday night. night. People like, have been tailgating all what, day. What more could you want, man? That Some is of you may not make good. it into the stadium at all, but. Um, those of you who do get inside, you're going to be rowdy and loud. And, um, yeah, I mean, as you can see with the, I thought there was, uh, some good rowdy energy. and loud. That sounds like the Kirkland brand, like Atlanta United <laughs> shirt you would yeah. buy. That's like, not like an authentic shirt instead of rowdy and proud. It says rowdy Atlanta and loud. Too. Rowdy and loud. Yeah. It's <laughs> not as good. It's definitely off market off brand, but, uh, yeah. Like the Miami, I was there. I thought, I thought the energy was really great. Um, especially, you know, once we knew victory was, was in our grasp and you didn't really have to worry that we were going to lose it because yeah. they had a red guard and you know, things have happened, but it's going to be a crazy end of the season folks. You know, I think uh, we still got a good shot at the playoffs. So I'm not going to say we're going to wind up near the top of the table, but yeah, I'd say 50, anything 50 can happen shot. in this conference. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd say 50, 50 shot. And it's basically because, 50% of Atlanta United is good, the attack. And 50% yes. of Atlanta United is bad, the defense. I know that that's a very, you know. And our midfield could use a little, you know. Yeah. There have been off and on. Sometimes you see Ibarra playing and you're like, dang, man, well, he's good. I forgot how good he is. And then then he has a little, he's, he's like a lot of these young guys, just a little inconsistent sometimes. But um, I'll, I'll give that a mix. So, I mean, overall, we're about 50-50, like you said. Yeah. So, obviously, a, a, a 
very big oversimplification, but it is what it is. And hopefully Atlanta United, like we've talked about. Can, That's what we uh, do here, folks. Yeah, oversimplify. Exactly. Hey, we're not mediocre for nothing. Uh, so before we wrap though, I did, I did want to kind of end on a more positive note because we haven't had a show since this happened. Atlanta is getting world cup soccer, man uh, is going to be, woo. look, I know it's four years away. It's actually four years away because the world cup should be going on right now. That's, yeah. It's four years away. So Less than yes. four years from the, the next world cup. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, Atlanta United going to be in the running. We won't know what games they get for a while now. I think the announcement for that is like sometime next year. I was talking to Joe, uh, Patrick and Sam about this uh, in the press box a few weeks ago. I think that's what the consensus is. Everybody's like, yeah, it'll probably be like a year before they announce this stuff. But I remember when the U S was going forward with the, Hey, we want, you know, the world cup or whatever. Atlanta was pitched as a semifinal location. So that yeah. doesn't mean they're going to get one, but I would think at worst Atlanta's getting a quarter. Because, I mean, oh, it's, it it, you know, yeah. the, FIFA wants these things to be in the best stadiums. It doesn't really have – so other than, like, New York getting the final because that was always going to happen. But yeah, New York or L.A., I mean, honestly. Like, yeah. But, like, that, that, that's something that FIFA wants to sh- – they don't care. Like, in America, like, Atlanta might not be as relevant of a city as, say, you know, uh, Chicago or, like, you know, some others. But that ultimately doesn't matter to FIFA. I think FIFA wants these things to look really good on TV. And not many stadiums look better on TV than Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So I'm hoping for, at worst, a quarterfinal and, at best, a semifinal. Um, yeah, and we've got the infrastructure. And then there will be group games and stuff, too. So, yeah. Yeah, we've got the infrastructure. We've got, you know, MARTA for what it is, but we've got it. Well, you can get from the airport to the stadium on Marta. I think that's really all they care about. It's going to be – Europeans are going to arrive and be like, oh, I just hope on the Marta. And they're going to be like, this is the worst mass transit we've ever been on before. (laughs) Why does this go nowhere? Yeah, um, why doesn't this go anywhere important? (laughs) But once they get over that, I think they'll have a a great time and and realize Magic City is not a magic shop, you know, things like that. But they do have good food. They do have good – yeah, I think well, and plus, I I think we're in the running for being the media center. Um, I really like how Payson didn't answer that question as to not get himself in trouble. <laughs> this is a public forum. Uh, no, no comment. But yeah, yeah I mean, food. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> just to reiterate how excited, uh, exciting it is to get this World Cup. I remember in '94, I you know I was a young kid and yeah, you know, I was able to get tickets for Orlando, and you know that. I had played soccer my whole life, maybe seen a few games of the 90 World Cup on TV, on Univision, probably. But, you know, just and, – and watching international stock era on video cassettes, but, you know, to go to those games was, like, life-changing. It was, like, the first experience where I really saw what the rest of the world thought about soccer. Um, you know, because when you grow up in the States, it's, you know, especially in the, in the 90s, it was kind of like, oh, this soccer guy is yeah. – uh, and you got made fun of, honestly, for liking yeah. soccer and playing soccer, but – that that was just life changing, and to, and to have it come here, um, and probably get a huge game, and you know, fingers crossed, get tickets to this game with my kids. It's it's just unbelievable. Yeah, and, and then uh, 1994 rolled around, and that little dog with a soccer ball got all the kids super excited. I don't even remember what his name was. Did he have a name? No, we're always we're always. <laughs> 
trying to come up with dumb mascots. That's the American way. Well, um, it's not but, as uh, bad as the cutter mascot that I still don't know if it's a ghost or a turban or like a mix. Of oh, both. yeah, the ghost. <laughs> like, I'm not exactly sure what <laughs> the, that thing stole, is. the ghosts of uh, of laborers deceased. Oh, in the state. But <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. Oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. Shouldn't. It's not funny. Anyway, I'd love funny, to boycott the World Cup, but I'll be watching. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, hey, on the, on the flip side, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm just really super psyched about uh, the World Cup being here. And hopefully our mascot won't be, will be better than what is it or is he? I hope they bring uh, back the dog, actually. Yeah, bring, bring back, back the dog. Why not? He was great. Bring I back Diana Ross. I don't know if she's deceased, yes. but she could bring kick back the goal Diana Ross ceremony. to somehow miss a penalty that they rigged to be unmissable. <laughs> and then the goal just breaks in half and you're like, oh, all right then. Man, Diana Ross has it, it, some sort of left foot YouTube on her. For the, for the most 90s moment of, of, of all time, the opening yeah, just, ceremonies of the 94 World Cup. Great. But seriously, I mean, I, I just can't express how, how excited I, I am that Atlanta's going to get. Um, but I will say, being announced in the central region and um, the the broadcast itself being that like, was oh. So stupid. <laughs> Dallas, uh, you know, they have a uh, great uh, stakes and then Atlanta comes and it's there's there's not a more central city to host this in and and you just face lap. That's the best thing you could think of. <laughs> the best Atlanta. part was the Univision host like standing next to uh, Gianni Infantino and like they were announcing cities and they announced Miami and she was like, oh, yeah, my hometown. She was like, oh, yeah, Mr. 305, blah, blah, blah. And, and Infantino is standing there. <laughs> No idea, no idea what she's talking about and like he would just Who is this go, pitbull yeah yeah like he would just go <laughs> you know it's like he, he had no idea what so she out was of touch and just has not heard of any well, of i this. mean he doesn't know any of the like american or like whatever like us so like right. you're talking about things and then like it was funny when he was like announcing new york is the last thing he's like and now the uh uh city that uh, uh never sleeps because <laughs> he, he, like, he's like forgot his stuff or whatever but yeah, I mean, I can't be more pumped up about this. I mean, poor run out for the people of D.C. and Chicago not getting games. Yeah. That was pretty wild. That's unfortunate, I think. But I mean, D.C. ultimately had one issue. They don't, they don't have a stadium. I mean, they got no, FedEx. No, they, had, they were going to put in Baltimore. Well, that's yeah. the thing. They had to bring in Baltimore because FIFA looked at FedEx Field and were like, hell no, we're not going to the stadium. So they tried to add Baltimore, and ultimately just didn't work out. So no, uh, and, no and World to- Cup in the nation's capital, man. And to throw it in there, I mean, I lived there for seven years, eight years, and it is a great soccer community. I, it is. You know, in the 2000s, you go out to soccer bar during, back, even back then, and they're always packed. I think Virginia, uh, a lot of great fans. like that area, but like Virginia might be the best soccer state like in the, in the country. Yeah, it's incredible. In Northern Virginia, D.C., Maryland, it's all great. But like, like you said, I mean, they put uh, a crappy, uh, not great NFL stadium in Landover. You know, RFK is still sitting there like a raccoon relic. No shit. And they're not going to put in Baltimore. Sorry. Yeah. So unfortunate for DC, but we don't really care because Atlanta is getting games and we're super pumped hey, town about down. that. All right, Pacey, you got anything else or are we just going to hit the old dusty trail here? No, let's, uh, you know, feeling not so confident about New York, but who knows? Crazy things happen in New York. Hey, we went up there one time and Chris Armas blew it. So. That's all we got to think about, and hopefully Atlanta United can uh, somehow make some points happen. All right, that'll wrap it up for this edition of the Mouths of the South podcast. Back again soon. Hopefully Eric is with us, but he's Payson Schwinn. I am a Sam Franco. That's at Paysonino on Twitter and at Sam J. Franco. You can follow us at M-O-T-S podcast and follow Dirty South Soccer at Dirty South Sock. That is Dirty South S-O-C. 
And I think that's pretty much everything. So for Payson, I'm Sam. We'll talk to y'all soon. See you later, Atlanta. Bye.